Welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade Studios. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories we're following in social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show Thursdays on Instagram at about 12 p.m. Mountain Time and on all podcast providers and YouTube on Fridays. We're your hosts this week, Mel and Morgan. Yay! It's so exciting to be here with you. We've never been on the show together. We haven't, so I'm excited. Yes, we are the other M&M, M&M 2.0, aside from Mike and Mitzi. There are a lot of M&M duos. Yeah, I think like we... Like half of our team at Arcade, starts. their names start with M. There are, so we've got M&M 3.0, 4.0, yeah. <laughs> but we're 2.0, so we're here today. Um, I'm excited about it, and I think we've kind of curated the topics to some things that are really relevant to what we're both doing for work. Yeah. So first of all, happy belated International Women's Day. I yes. feel like I'm just going to milk that throughout the whole week, if you don't mind. Oh, the vibes in the office were so good yesterday. I yeah. feel like it was great. Everybody was very celebratory. You weren't here when we left, but at the end of the day, we put on a specific playlist and we were like walking up Amazing. to music. It was As really you fun. Should. As you should. Yep. Yeah. So this is our first time on Tea for Lunch together, something that Morgan and I have in common and that we often talk about during our coffee breaks at work is YouTube because we both yes have YouTube channels. And this week you hit a milestone. You are halfway on your subscriber count to monetization. Yes. 500 subscribers. Congratulations. Just hit. Thank you so much. Just hit over 500. It's been honestly such a grind, but I think (laughs) facts. it's been a year and a half. So this is taking me some time. But um, what's really interesting is I've been playing around a lot with shorts lately and that's really what helped because I think that got me 200 subscribers in the last month. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about YouTube shorts today. So we're excited to get there. But yeah, you'll get there. Um, I got monetized last year and it was really exciting. As you said, it's a lot of work, but once you get monetized, it is really rewarding that you're at least getting a little bit of money, you know? I'm like, send me $5 YouTube. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. I got a paycheck from Google for a hundred dollars, my first one. And it was so exciting. That is really good. I was actually monetized years ago and then I like fell out of the requirements, but it used to be a lot easier. Yeah. I think you just had to like apply back in the day. So. Wow. Anyway, waiting for my check, but we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So our first story today is about YouTube and it's about YouTube shorts. So the first month of YouTube shorts being monetized is officially over. Mm -hmm. And we were all very curious as to how much money YouTube was going to be paying for shorts views. And so we kind of knew that people were going to start coming out with how much they've made. And of course that happened. Um, There's been some creators that have been sharing how much money they've made off of shorts. And it's really interesting to see. So in case you don't know about how the revenue sharing works, basically it pools all of the money that shorts have made from advertisers and then it distributes it. Um, Obviously, YouTube takes some of it and then distributes the other half to creators based on how many views they get Mm -hmm. on their shorts. So we just didn't know how much this was going to be. We didn't know like how many cents or dollars, you know, per view or per thousand views it was going to be. So we found this article and this one creator shared that he got 200 million views on his shorts. So let that sink in. That's like a a large number of views. That's a lot. And he made just shy of $3,000 US. However, I will say this is pre-tax dollars. We have to remember because creators have to pay out taxes after their income comes in. Anyway, so it's really not that much for the amount of views yeah, it's I, about. I two didn't realize cents. it was pre-tax when you told me that. I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, that's, pre-tax. That so could it's be like brutal. Half. 
But at the same time, I guess it is like an extra revenue stream that you don't get from certain other platforms. Yeah. And like he made good, like that's pretty good money, right? But like 200 million views, not many people are are getting that. So he made about two cents per a thousand views. And he said that this is about two times what he made on the TikTok creator fund, which is notorious for being not that good. And it's like way more than Instagram because he's not getting anything on Instagram. And this one is the only one in Canada that we can do? Yeah, we can't. We're not eligible for the TikTok creator fund anyways. So when people are complaining about how bad it is, it's like, we don't even have it. Like we don't even get paid at all. And so on YouTube, when you get your channel monetized, even if it's not by meeting the short requirement, which is that 10 million views in 90 days, you still get put into this program, right? Yeah, correct. So you can get monetized like two ways now through long form or short form and it monetizes like everything. So for example, my channel is monetized and so I'm getting some income and I say that very lightly (laughs) through shorts because I looked and you want to know how much money I've made? 60 cents pre-tax. Okay. So I'm, I'm making the same as this guy, like two cents per thousand views. I just don't have that many views on my shorts. I'm not posting that frequently. I could post more and I don't have 200 million views. I just thought it was hilarious. 60 cents. So it's really not that much. However, I do think that it's like an opportunity for more in the future because this is kind of the beginning. And that's the beauty of like this, um, ad revenue sharing model where If the program works well, it's good for like advertisers, it's good for YouTube, and it's for creators. Because the more money that advertisers put into the program, the more money YouTube makes and the more money that creators make. Which compared to TikTok Creator Fund, where there's a set amount of money, the more successful it is, the less piece of the pie you get. Yeah. And there's more people on TikTok. I feel like shorts is still a really good opportunity, even with like a small channel. A lot of my shorts get in the thousands for views. Yeah. So if they were monetized, I'd be getting two cents here and there. Yeah, you'd be crushing it. (laughs) Yeah. But it makes me think too, like back in YouTube's golden era, which I think was around like 2014, 2015, you'd see these creators on there like making bank because of advertisers really investing in the platform. Form. And I know like AdSense changed it, yeah. but I wonder if this is an opportunity to like bring back that potential to YouTube. I sure hope so. I hope so too, because that was like watching the Zoellas and everyone back in the day. I'm like, when do I get my mansion? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about YouTube shorts and getting payouts from there. Let's talk about getting paid on TikTok. Yes. Okay. So TikTok has been responding to criticism they've gotten about the creator fund, which we just touched on a little bit here, um, by offering creators a new way to make money. So TikTok is adding a new way to earn money from the platform in the form of paywalls. Um, Creators will be able to put exclusive content behind a paywall and charge fans to view it. The videos can be a lot longer, which I thought was really interesting. So these videos behind the paywall can be up to 20 minutes long. I can't imagine watching a 20-minute video on TikTok, but I'm sure they'll find a way to like suck me in. And creators can choose what they're going to charge for the video, but it can only be between one dollar and one hundred ninety dollars. Which where did they get the one ninety? That's what I want to know. I thought that was like a really weird thing because people are choosing to pay this. Why is there any cap? But anyway. The pay-per-view style, it's an interesting move for the platform. Will fans pay? I'm not, I'm not optimistic about that. Um, it is like a series of videos. I guess you could put like just one in there and see if people pay for it, but it's like yeah. this series of videos. But I think for me, I'm just thinking, how is this going to be different from Patreon, for example, where there's a bunch of different formats of content that you can put out there. And that's like a really successful model. There's different tiers that people can join in. I just think like the straight up paying for specific content how are you going to tell people and show people that that content is valuable before showing them the content? 
Yeah, I really don't pay for any social media subscription stuff. I kind of think I'm trying to avoid like putting myself in too much of a box because you start to pay for like streaming services and then you're paying for creators and then you're like not really getting any outside perspectives at a certain point. But I could see this maybe working for something like a podcast if they want people to watch like the last percentage of a episode behind a paywall. I know people use Patreon for that, but I also know TikTok's like trying to add more podcast features, mm-hmm. I believe. So I could see it for that. But again, I just, I don't know. I don't yeah, know maybe podcast, maybe like educational. I think you can charge for like really expert knowledge. I saw a comment yeah. on Instagram saying I would pay for video editing tutorials through this model, which yeah, fair. I could see it for educators for sure. Yeah. I don't think they'd be paying to see my my dancing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know <laughs> if there's any videos that we can monetize on TikTok as of right now, but you know, you never know. We'll see. You never but know. it's an interesting move. I don't think anyone's really excited about it, creators or you know, consumers. I think we just haven't really seen this on a social media platform in this way yet. So it's interesting to see TikTok being the first to kind of introduce this. I know we have like Instagram subscriptions that are a little different, but I bet in like a couple of years, we're going to be like, oh, this is the norm or something. Yeah, which is kind of dark. (laughs) (laughs) I had to once build a paywall for a website years ago before this was like a normal thing. And it triggers me, honestly, to talk about (laughs) paywalls. All right. Our last story. Okay. So this is a really kind of light and funny one. So we saw this ad campaign and we saw people talking about it on TikTok. And it's basically from this cereal brand called Surreal. And it's been, it has all of these ads, especially like in bus stations and train stations. And it's using like fake endorsements from celebrities. So it'll be like, this is Michael Jordan's favorite cereal. They're so funny. And they're really (laughs) funny. And it's all these different celebrities, but they're basically like fake endorsements. They have like a little asterisk that says like, for example, Dwayne Johnson is a bus driver from London. So they found people with like the same name. And so that's how they're like not going to get in trouble with it. Yeah, because you can't just you can't just make these claims. <laughs> yeah, and like it's something light where it's like cereal, but like you can't. There's rules around it for a reason to protect celebrities from being slotted into an ad campaign where like they, you know, it's like if it was like a political campaign or something like that. So even cereal, like yeah. some of the celebrities might be like, that is not my favorite cereal. There's literally legal cases happening around this kind of stuff right now. So I do think that one was really funny. Like we're Dwayne Johnson's favorite cereal. Asterix Dwayne is a bus driver. And then there's one where I can't remember the celebrity, but it says like they actually haven't eaten this cereal, but they agreed to like endorse this ad. Or, but it was Hilarious. all real people with the same names. Yeah. So and then funny. I saw a comment on the TikTok and this like just cracked me up. It said, when marketing has used up their whole budget, but legal has plenty left. <laughs> I think that's so I love, good. I love it's that. It's so true. Yeah, I think though this one, what we thought was interesting, aside from it being kind of a fun ad campaign itself and something kind of light, which I think we need this time of year, but it made us think a lot about, yeah, using a celebrity's likeness and how often we actually do it with memes and things. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, and for me, I was thinking about, this is a bit of a hard segue, but I, it got me thinking about <laughs> the scandal that happened in the Vanderpump Rules universe last week, the internet exploded. I don't know if it was just my timeline, but there was memes, tweets, commentary, all of this going around based on this situation. And it was actually like a really devastating situation. However, people were like making light of it, making memes, et cetera. And it's like, what are the ethics around creating content about real people's lives and like their real tragedies? And I really had to grapple with this because like I was, I participated in like the meme culture around this event. And I think for me, I try to focus on like what's going to unite 
me as like a fan to another fan and not so much like to the detriment of what's happening with these real people. But it's like, it really connected me with other people that I'm connected with on Instagram, for example, because it's just a shared interest. Yeah. But you know, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it ha- I had kind of two thoughts. One is with a lot of these reality shows and even with celebrities in general, like, do we even know that a lot of these stories are even true? I know a lot of them are like fed as very true, but I don't know if we're ever, like, I don't know in this example and I don't watch the show, but for a lot of them, I'm like, is it even something true? But if it was true, it would be like pretty hurtful to see that really amplified online. But then I also think it makes me think of how often we now see celebrities like purposefully creating moments for memes because I think they're trying to avoid it happening from these more devastated things. Yeah, they're like taking back control of their meme ability. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we see their that meme more and more. autonomy. Well, and even with performances, I sometimes think like, oh, they picked that moment in a dance to like become a meme or like a gif or something. And, like, yeah, even like Olivia Rodrigo has been putting out songs specifically because she is thinking that they're going to become TikTok dances. Yes. So it's like, it's a symbiotic relationship here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So I don't know. Let lots, us know what you think. I'd be interested. Think yeah. And honestly, I want the memes to keep coming. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a mixed camp here. But anyway, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. Bye. Cheers, Mel. Cheers.